miracle. Let me just walk over to the bench and uh, get comfortable. Sorry. Ah, oh, the sun has just come out again. It's Tuesday, June, I don't know, around June 9th or something. And, oh God, it's muddy here. I'm sitting in Bluffers Park at uh, the uh, parking lot that sort of faces on the little lagoon. I've got a, one of my favorite benches here, uh, from which I've recorded many, many, many Dixon Chains podcasts. Uh, by the way, I just put out a uh, a promo on the Dixon Chains feed to tell my old Dixon Chains listeners to come on over and uh, listen to Baby Sally Talks because I'm uh, <laughs> it turned out a lot of people who used to listen to Dixon Chains really had no idea that I had even started a new podcast and here I am, this is episode 12 so uh, I said they could either catch up or just jump right in with episode 11 when uh, I interviewed the Scarborough dude I don't think he's going to be on this show, thank you very much uh, but uh, we'll see what we get to. I'm uh, purposefully uh, not prepared. I don't know what I'm going to say, what I'm going to talk about, and I find it, as I've explained, it uh, tends to be a little more real that way, although I don't always get to uh, the places... That maybe I should. I don't know. But uh, let's uh, let's just get going. All right. It's uh, Tuesday, but I'm going to talk as I've uh, started most of these episodes with uh, a little bit of feedback on church service on Sunday. It was the uh, sun- first Sunday after the Truth and Reconciliation Commission released all its findings. This was years in the making. I think about six years, and. I haven't gone deeply into it. It's just, it's it's an awareness, I think, to all Canadians that, oh my God, we did some horrible things to the Aboriginal people in the name of progress and uh, making them into citizens and uh, doing away with their old way of life. And, and it's hard to believe how recent this was in our history uh, and how much it was kept from public knowledge. I mean, people just didn't know. I'm reminded very much of uh, the redress committee that um, um, addressed the issues about uh, putting the Japanese Canadians in camps during wartime. And again, this was kept from the history books and nobody knew about it until people, <laughs> grandchildren started talking to their their grandparents and saying, hey, what was it like? Uh, you know, why, why did we all end up in Ontario? And uh, then the stories came to surface, and uh, I think a lot of... um, I think it's commendable that Canada does these things. I think it's very important uh, that this becomes part of our common knowledge and history. And and I'm sure there are still more stories. I know the Chinese want to talk about the head tax and the... the, uh, Maybe the Armenians, I don't know who else is on that list. We sort of go through school with uh, whatever happens to be in the curriculum during that time span. And uh, I can't help but 
talk about what it was like to be in elementary school in Montreal or province of Quebec during the 1950s and to this day I can never forget the passage uh, in our history book or social studies, I think it was called history then of um, pictures, black and white sketches of the uh, the French fathers uh, Brébeuf and Lelemont tied to a stake with fire at their feet being burned and tortured and, and whooping Iroquois going around in circles burning them alive at the stake and, and this was what we were taught to to know about the uh, the native people before the uh, let me shut off my iPhone I'm getting all these damn tweets coming in this was what we were taught about the people and this was I grew up in Lachine which was the site of a massacre in the uh, or around 1665 or so, uh, the Iroquois were on the other side of the uh, St. Lawrence, I guess, in an area that was called Cognawaga, and I cannot tell you the new name or the proper name, and uh, came over in boats and burned the farms and carried off the women and children and so on. And again, that stands out in our minds, but not about uh, all the other injustices and all the harm uh, put upon these people with the, uh, the European settlement and the growth of Canada as a nation. So I'm not here to um, settle the score, to talk a whole lot about that because I'm still in a state of ignorance. I'm just saying I think it's good how much progress we're making. And, and maybe that sounds like a perverse way of looking at it trying to see the good side, but I think very much about the uh, uh, the movement for uh, lesbians and gays and, and how things have changed, and I know to my um, younger son, it's always, well, why why is this such a big deal, this gay marriage, and why is it in the news, and why is it such a big story when somebody is mistreated? And I'm sort of wanting to tell him, well, you've got to know the history. We took look at, uh, it's coming up, of course, on the internet, or it depends who you follow, but I think it was Alan Turing, the uh, British man who is credited with sort of almost inventing computers and cracking the Nazi code and so on, and uh, but eventually killing himself because of, of was threatened with chemical castration, imprisonment, or I don't know what else they were going to do. And anyway, eventually he died, and uh, rather than being raised up as a hero, which he is now, um, suffered the fate of anybody who was a homosexual or unorthodox back in those days. So, in that sense, we've made progress. I can only think back to my own high school and anybody who was different was teased. And uh, I guess it still happens now, but I think there is, I hope there is a, a growing awareness that uh, this just ain't right. So, let me get back to church service on Sunday when we, we had sort of a ceremony. There were seven bowls of water. Each one or each one represented a pool, and the pool, uh, each one had a story to it. It was taken from a novel, and, and we listened. And we were asked to bring in something precious and beautiful. 
we only got the tweet or the uh, email letter the night before, and you're supposed to find something like a rock or a stone or a shell or something that you have, I guess from nature, that was very beautiful and had some meaning and that you would be willing to leave behind. And I think it suggested that the more it means something to you, the more meaning the whole exercise will have. And, and right away I thought, wow, that is right up my alley. And I went down to the collection I talked about just recently, when I talked about sea beans, uh, and found what was clearly the most beautiful shell in my collection. And I, I was almost reluctant, but I just knew in my heart, that's the one you have to give. You can't sort of say, well, I'll give this other rock and, and I'll keep the beautiful one because it would be, <laughs> it would haunt me forever if I did that, you know. Hey, you're going to give up something and do you really need that shell? And what does it mean to be without that shell? So I guess I, I'm telling you this because I took it really seriously and I did an awful lot of analysis and I took pictures and I, I really, really thought a lot about what I was giving up. And uh, so the time came and during the service when you heard a certain story from one of the, the pools and the meaning, you know, there was memory and rebirth and or, uh, I can't remember what the others are, I'm sorry. Um, I, I, let me interject here that uh, Brent, the closet geek, came to the service and I was delighted to have him there. It was so nice. It's the first friend who's actually shown up and been able to make it and uh, he was quite taken too. Um, anyway, I, I dropped my piece off, and then at the end, after the service was over, anybody who had brought in something could come up and take something back. And uh, Brent was saying, well, you can kind of make your own rules, but it's something like this that's ad hoc and just something new. And I thought, I, I found a shell. It was really quite beautiful. It was like an eye staring at me, and, and I just knew, okay, boom, that's the one you're taking. And then after we sat down, there was a little bit of discussion about uh, Greta's position within the United Church and what's going to happen and the politics involved. And I thought, if my shell is still there, not only will I keep the new shell I took back, but I'll take mine back. Now, fortunately, somebody else had taken it. It wasn't there, and I was quite happy. Because, see, all along I was, I was thinking about... What I was giving up, I wasn't focusing at all on, hey, I'm going to get one in return. I was also focused, and I'm telling you this because it, it, it may illustrate how shallow, how petty, how selfish I am sometimes. Um, when I walked into the church, there was a table in the back full of pine cones and little other shells and little bits and pieces, maybe some pebbles or stones, I don't know, but, you know, the same kind of object. It was right at the back of the church, and Greta announced for anybody who forgot to bring something in, they could get one of these things and use it and contribute it. They could just pick one out. And right away, I thought, well, let's... It's not that it's not fair, but it, it's not playing the game the real way. And, of course, half the church... I probably had not read the email the night before, unlike me, who checks email all the time, so didn't know about this. So, of course, it was very good on, on Greta's part, or whoever organized the service, it was Ruth, um, to have this laid out so that people could still join in. Quite a few of the items are pine cones, and I just, I, I had, 
I felt, well, okay. But pine, uh, pine cones have their own beauty, but there were a lot of them, so they kind of got lost. And, and I guess, again, it's, it's silly the, the way I talk about this sea bean, but I take things like this really seriously. Like, these little things have meaning and significance, or it should. And then I step away and think, well, why? But then... It was meant to. I mean, that's why we got the email. That's why it was written so clearly about finding something and bringing it in. And if it has meaning and beauty, all the more good, you know. I, and I needed to take it seriously. And, and I had a little bit of almost disdain for, for people who wouldn't. It, it's... Let me leave it there because I, I don't know where to go from there. I'm trying to make it reflective of... Maybe me putting too much emphasis on little things like this. It's like when I get high and something becomes, oh my God, so important. And in fact, it's not really. And there's always a bigger picture. And I just sometimes focus in on the details. But anyway, that was part of the church service. We stayed behind. We listened. And once again, I'm just so glad that... uh, a friend joined me and appreciated and saw it for what it was. And, and Brent is uh, very astute and very much aware of the importance, uh, you know, almost historically, of this issue of whether Greta will be forced to leave the church or not, on, and on whose authority, and, and what will happen, and what are the possible, um, what are the repercussions, and, and what are the counteractions? Like, as a congregation saying, no, no, you can't take away our pastor. You, we're all together here. You can't just throw us out like that and treat us this badly. So it, it is important. And uh, and again, uh, apologies to you who don't understand any of this and just don't get it. But uh, Or want to simplify it and say, well, if you don't believe in God, you can't be a minister. It's much more complex than that. It's all about dialogue. It's all about broadening the conversation. Okay, thinking, sharing, caring. All right, let's move on. Uh, Or shall I just park that there and uh, come? Because actually, I don't know where to go from here. Um, I there there are things during the week that happen that I want to share, and and again, I think it's because I don't know what the parameters are for this particular podcast. I really don't know what the limits are. I don't know how it's defined, and and obviously it isn't defined yet, and I know I've talked a lot about this, but it is very, very important. Um, Today I went online and I looked at the PowerPoints that I had done, or keynotes, uh, about podcasting, and I've done a few. I've talked at PodCamp Montreal and PodCamp Toronto and PodCamp London, Ontario, and at PAB, and because I take podcasting very seriously, I think it's a movement. I think it's very, very important. And it's a wonderful, wonderful way for people to open up and be honest and open. And it's a way of pushing back against, you know, I was going to say state-owned media, but corporation-owned media where, where people are telling you, well, this is what you have to care about, what the Kardashians up to, and this is a song you have to listen, whatever, what's-her-name is put out. And... and this is a way of the little people, us, 
you know, who aren't famous and aren't rich and aren't in the spotlight for us to, to clean our time and, and show that we as just normal average human beings have a voice and have significance and, and are important. And I think podcasting allows for that, encourages that. And therefore, the kind of show I, I want to continue to put out is one that has one of the catchphrases I used in virtually all of my presentations is authenticity. Being honest, being open, being authentic, being the real you. Uh, the one I did at PodCamp London was um, a jokingly called How to Succeed at Podcasting. And, and But one of the things I said is you've got to find your own voice. And by that meant, you know, experiment and, and don't be afraid and, and test the limits and go out there. But get to a point where you feel comfortable speaking. And I can tell you right now, as I sit here on this bench talking to you, recording into this handheld Olympus LS10, I'm not entirely convinced this is my voice. I'm still slightly uneasy about not the way I'm saying things, but the fact that I've, I've maybe put some limits on myself, have, have put, a, put a chain on myself. And that's not good. And I don't think the answer, as Scarborough suggest, suggested, is just simply turning it around and swearing at you. Um, it may be because I've put a time limit on this that I'm just saying, well, I, I can't be too long because people will be bored. Whereas in the old Dixon Jane's podcast, it was an hour every week and that was fine. Uh, people who don't want to listen to that don't have to, or they can listen at double speed if they choose to. So it should not be the time. It should not be about the language. I should not be embarrassed or uncomfortable because I talk about this wonderful church, even though this is not um, the sole focus of this podcast, nor will it ever be or should it ever be. It's just another part. I think it really is all about me trying still at this late stage of the game to bring my various selves together and express myself in, in an open, honest, sincere way and plumb the depths a little and, and find out, hey, who are you? Who am I? I told my son, the one in uh, Melbourne, Australia, about this podcast today. I didn't send him the link. I just mentioned I was doing one. Um... But I guess part of me would like to think, well, for somebody who's not going to tackle the back catalog of Dixon Janes and all 500 episodes, which are all on archive.org, by the way, if you're ever looking for it, just Google Dixon Janes, D-I-C-K-S-N-J-A-N-E-S, and you'll find it. Or um, Google or go to archive.org and look for Scarborough Dude, just as it's spelled, all one word. And uh, you'll find all 500-plus episodes. But uh, not too many people are going to want to do that, so what you have is this, whatever it is right now. Now, I'm at the 20-minute mark, and I'd really like to get on to a, a fresh topic, so I think that's the rescue boat coming in. I think what I'm going to do is stop here, uh, maybe put on a song or a transition of some kind. 
Uh, I hope you enjoyed the Australian music I played last time. Uh, I, I did. There's just something about that. I know it sounds silly, but I needed something that wasn't even connected to what I was talking about. And uh, those tunes came from the uh, direct from the Australian Embassy in Tokyo. I somehow got hold of the CDs. Uh, anyway, um, and I'll come back with uh, something else to, to cap this off, okay? So, again, if you are listening, well, if you are, <laughs> yeah, you're hearing this, and I thank you for it. Bye for now. part two. It is the same day. It's still that Tuesday in June. Uh, and it's a double parker. I'm in uh, Thompson Park now. <clears throat> I'm just coming home from uh, Cineplex Theatre. I've been to two movies recently, and both I really enjoyed, although they're uh, 
very, very different films. Uh, the first was Mad Max, the newest Mad Max. I can't remember what the subheading is. It was gripping. I mean, it really was. And I saw it in 3D with EVX sound or whatever, and it just blew me away. It was just high energy, full impact, and wow. Uh, and that was great. That was great entertainment, and I'd highly recommend it. I'm trying to get my wife and my son to go see it. I'm saying this is fun. But the movie I saw tonight was called Love and Mercy. And it's the story of Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. And uh, oh, because I don't know who's listening to this podcast, I don't know how much explaining I have to do. I'm going to assume I don't have to do any. You can just Google. I love Wikipedia. Just Google the Beach Boys. And uh, I mean, everybody's heard their music. If you've heard any music at all anywhere, you would have heard a Beach Boys song. Um, but the story was really good, and it was based on a true story. Of course, it was a movie. I love the fact that they had two completely different actors playing Brian Wilson's part. And we're not talking about, you know, as a little six-year-old kid and then as a grown man. (laughs) We're talking about the adult Brian Wilson, but, uh, of course, a span of many years. Um, Brian was diagnosed incorrectly with uh, schizophrenia or, you know, like it was just a nutcase. Well, it turned out the psychiatrist... Uh, was the nutcase and uh, was mistreating him and was eventually sued for malpractice and so on. But uh, that I won't give away the whole story. Uh, you'd know it anyway if you if you look this up. It won't, it won't change anything. I really enjoyed it. And I loved... It was a story of an artist. It was a story of madness. And it's something that I think anybody can relate to, uh, of of just some of the pain of a person, a true artist who wants to create and knows there's a spirit within him that needs to be expressed, that needs to be let free. And yet, as with many true artists who are original, there's always naysayers and people around the artist who say, no, no, that's not right, that's not good, what are you doing, it's crazy. And I just think that's so hard. Um, I've been through recently reading the artist way, and uh, I'm not calling myself an artist, I'm just saying all of those of us, and I am one of them, who, who like to create, This I consider this podcast a creation, an, an artistic expression uh, not of the genius variety, no, thank you, and I'm not worried about that. Um, but the book, The Artist Way, really deals a lot with uh, some of the struggles, and, and especially the doubts, and the anxiety, and the fears, and the, the self-put-downs. And you just want to magnify that by uh, some huge number to think of what uh, Brian Wilson must have gone through and of course, the uh, the influence I loved in the beginning when they talked about the Beatles and made reference to it. Anyway, I, I guess it's crazy to go on. I, I I often on previous podcasts, the Dixon Jane's podcast, which I keep referring to too often. I'm sorry. Um, talked about movies I saw, but I am not a movie critic, and I can't analyze and talk about the director or the filming or the editing or anything else. I just know whether I enjoyed it or not. 
I think I'm the same as wine, beer, steak. Oh, that's good. I like that. And uh, that's good enough for me. And if it's not good enough for you, well, there are critics out there whose job is to tear apart uh, works of creation, whether it's painting, music, poetry, books, whatever. And uh, that's not what this is about. So I don't know if I've got anything else to add to that. I, I, I purposefully, I haven't gone back into my bar. I haven't hauled out any objects other than the beautiful seashell I told you about. I'm very, very curious as to know whose home it went into and where did it get placed. But of course that doesn't matter and it's not the thing you go around church asking, uh, who, who picked the, the most beautiful shell there? Uh, could you tell me where it is now? No, don't think so. Um, gosh. I do, I'm doing an awful lot, even when I'm not talking, not recording, and I say I don't rehearse and I don't, but I do think about this and what this whole process is about of finding the voice and and letting go and freeing myself up. And this very much feels like I've completely started over. I'm a novice podcaster and I'm working on getting some some self-conscious, some self-confidence, sorry, I am self-conscious, getting some uh, confidence and belief in myself and belief that this is okay and maybe I'm even comparing it to Dixon Jeans, which I think a lot of people grew to like, uh, but part of it maybe was the character who uh, went a little crazy sometimes. And as I say too often, with apologies too often, uh, this is Ken, and Ken wants to reclaim, or maybe claim for the first time, I don't know, a new freedom. I want this, this needs to be fresh. This needs to be a new start. I need to find myself in this podcast. I need to get to a place where I'm saying, yes, 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 I'm here. Finally, finally, I'm here. And of course, I'm not there, not yet. But it's coming, and, and for me, this process, this journey is so much fun. And I just don't know if it's possible to share that with somebody who is not a podcaster, who who, who doesn't understand it. It's not just the nuances, and yes, there are those, but it's it's this sense of finding an openness. That wasn't a pause for dramatic effect. That was just a pause because <laughs> I didn't know where else to go after that. I, I just... I hear others doing it, and and I guess what's really tearing at me is that feeling that I I have to beat down, beat into submission, that feeling of of wanting people to like this, wanting to 
people to share in this with me, share this ride, find some joy, find some excitement. And I know that's ridiculous because these are just words tumbling out of my mouth. These are just words saying, hey, come along with me. I can see how this little journey on a minor scale relates to the struggles that somebody like Brian Wilson went through. When you say, but I, I have to have that sound. It's important and it's got to be just the way I hear it in my head. Well, I'm not hearing anything in my head, but I know that I have to continue doing things the way I'm doing, which means hold the recorder in your hand, push the go button and go and let it go and let it be released without value, without evaluation without measuring without qualifying without having to prove anything just saying hey 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 here I am in the darkness of a park in my car sitting here alone talking at at an audience if there is one there will be a few who probably can't really care and can't join in on this. And I have to say that's okay. That's okay because it's my, it's my ride. And whether or not that means anything, I, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm kind of just hoping my voice, my intonation, the, the way I'm speaking is going to be enough to engage you, regardless of the content, regardless of the fact that I've been talking for five minutes and have not said anything other than whatever it was I just said. So, 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 I think that means, dude, can, and if my sidekick prick was around, he would be chiming in now too, uh, pull the plug on this. Put a nice song at the end, a nice Beach Boys song, maybe even a little nice one in the middle to join these two pieces. And tell the folks, hey, 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 hey. I'm just trying to buy a little time here. I just need a little space. I just need a little cooperation. I just need a little forgiveness. And I'm going to put one of these out every week. And if it runs over 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, so be it. I have to get control again. I have to have this. I have to own this. It has to be mine. So we'll end there because uh, the more I go, the more it stays the same. So Ken here. Ken, yes, Ken. Trying to get a voice on. Signing out and saying, come back next week. And uh, maybe I'll have a surprise. Or maybe not. Bye-bye.
Peaceful 